Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sy. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the five best college basketball games and an off-the-wall one scheduled to be played on Monday, January 30th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google sheet for sidelines projections on every single game. There also, also is a graded pick on each and every game, but because there are no locks in gambling, those are parsed in two, three categories. Loves, likes, and leans in his A, B, and C grades. There are two different ways to get the picks, either via Patreon or Blackbook Sports. Most of it just depends on what you're looking for. Hopefully you got a package that's built for your needs, whether that's early access to model projections, ad-free shows, instant access to picks, and or the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Don't forget that the results for all recommended picks, the ones in the show, the Model A grade plays, and the plays of the day can be found on Blackbook Sports and the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. But as always, say what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, uh, close the week off there on the weekend. I did the show by myself. Didn't go as well. I feel like uh, the sh- we've been doing really well here the last couple of weeks. Closed last week down. It, kind of feeling that ups and downs of the of the new year. You know, uh, things are going a little bit better earlier. A little bit down. I was like, now we got to get back going on the up again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Saturday was a weird day for basketball in general. That was like the SEC Big 12 challenge had some really weird result, results. And then nobody really saw Creighton coming out with a 17 point win. Uh, and then, I mean, yeah. it was Saturday, which was just wild. It was great for watching basketball, incredible games to watch. Not great for a gambling standpoint because it was kind of wild. Yeah, and, and I think you make a good point that the SEC Big 12 challenge was a lot of fun in a lot of the games. Um, you had a few that kind of went maybe more as expected, but there were a lot of outright upsets. And it wasn't just like the the favorite one, but didn't cover. You had a lot of times where you looked at you <clears> the weaker look at you, team. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. The weaker team just straight up won. Um, whether they were home or road, it didn't really matter. And of course you have the injury uh, to Miles at TCU and that kind of, I say kind of, that changed that game yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, the Alabama one, uh, Baylor, you know, hung on at least at home uh, in a game that was a little bit, we'll talk about that a little bit yeah. later, a little bit slower tempo than we expected. Um, Auburn getting run out of the building and then finding their way back in the building. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was good to watch, but you're right. It was uh, a lot of weird results, which, you know, hopefully viewer, you were on the right side of some of those. Uh, yes. I, I think, I, I think I was on the wrong side of more than I was on the right side of, but again, that's the ups and downs of it. Hopefully we'll uh, start this week off strong here today. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Saturdays have been weird all year because that what was it a couple weeks ago when like eleven of the top twenty five teams lost on mm. that Saturday, uh, same same day. It's just been a weird, like that, yeah. weird weekends. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we get to this Monday slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball and there'll be your college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 a month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. And for $5 more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended play. Go to www.patreon.com slash professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. 
Let's get to the games. Remember that we only use one book when making picks, but you should always shop around. Sign up link in the show description. Add a couple more books to your options. Uh, Jake, this is where I really miss IUPUI playing at like noon in a garbage game that we can all just have on. And I don't know if I would say enjoy, but watch, pay attention to something to keep some interest in. Uh, it's obviously not a, a great basketball. I miss it. I feel like we should have that here today, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I always love the announcers they put on those games, too, because that always ends up fun. There's there's always somebody somebody saying something wild on there that you're not quite expecting. Exactly, exactly. Since there's no take so we'll go right to the night slate here. 16 Central Virginia at Syracuse. Virginia is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, we're going to take the over 132-and-a-half. Models is 132, but has really underestimated the number of points that both of these teams have scored. We did play the Syracuse over last week. I believe it was against North Carolina. That did not go uh, over for us. But in general, both these teams have been much more higher scoring than anticipated talked a lot about Virginia this year their offense is actually better than their defense is they still play really slow which keeps their games lower scoring but with as good of an offense as they have the pace that Syracuse plays with the fact that Syracuse has got a pretty good offense too and just doesn't play a lot of defense this seems like a game that can get at least can sniff 140 may not can get there but at least should, should flirt with 140 132 we think it's a little bit too low so we're going to go over that number Jake what do you think yeah, like since 2023, really, Virginia's taking care of business. They're 6-1, and one, winning most of them by about seven points. Uh, the first matchup here went 73-66, which would have been over this number. Uh, I mean, both teams are hot from deep. I'm not exactly sure we'll see them combine hit what, uh, to almost 23s and 50%, but I think it'll be closer to that than way under it because both teams are really good shooting teams, and neither team is great at guarding the three-point arc. Uh both teams have very efficient offenses. They they work very well. Um, Syracuse defense is by far the worst unit here. Um, Virginia has scored under seventy three times in their last seventy game or last three games or seven games. So I, I don't think that Syracuse is going to get in that way. I think they're going to easily get the seventy seventy five. Just need somewhere in the like sixties, maybe even upper fifties, depending on how well Virginia plays to to get over this number. Uh, just I, I mean, I really don't see them stopping Syracuse from getting to at least 60 because they have a very good offense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to be a uh, very good game, I think. But I just don't think Syracuse has the talent to hang with the top teams of the ACC this year. They, they haven't quite got that win yet. Uh, they've been in uh, so many games. Yeah. And I think to me, that's what makes this spread of four and a half just to stay away. I've seen some fives as well, just to stay away. Maybe if you get some more points. I mean, part of me says taking Syracuse makes sense because they've lost a lot of close games and, they could lose another close game and still cover the number. But, you know, that theory was kind of what we were banking on um, over the weekend with Ohio State, who had lost a bunch of close games, and they got run out of the building. So you just never know when a team who's just losing close just doesn't show up. So uh, Syracuse is a little bit nerve-wracking. The way Virginia's played them and playing so well, but um, it's scary to lay that many points on the road, again, against a team that's hung around. So it's like, I think it's a really well-priced spread, that four and a half, five. Um, but yeah, something like 70 to 65 seems pretty reasonable. That would get us 135 points. Like you said, it'll be hard for Syracuse to keep Virginia under 70. It's been done by teams with 
with good defenses in conference play. Syracuse isn't one of those. And Syracuse has got a good enough offense and will hurry up enough against Virginia's pace. Like you said, probably to get to the mid-60s. Should get us over this number again in what we think is a well-priced spread, but an opportunity to make money there on the over. Which takes us to the other 6 o'clock game we're going to cover here. i got our double dip for you here. North Carolina Central plus 5.5 at Norfolk State and grabbing the over 135 and a half. Bottom line on this one is this is an A-grade play for the model, which says this should be Norfolk minus four on average. Norfolk is probably the better team, but I'm not convinced by how much. And they're at home, but you don't give the same home court edge in this situation as you do in certain other situations. So if you're only given, say, two and a half, which I think is what I'm using here, for their home court, even if they're a point better, that makes them should be a three and a half point favorite. Five and a half implies they're a lot better than North Carolina Central. And I think they're a little bit better, but not by much. Not so much that I'm convinced they're a lot better. And of course, anything can happen in one game. We always talk about that. You know, Central could win by 10 or, or Norfolk could win by 15. And neither one of those results would be like the weirdest thing ever, uh, especially <laughs> what we just witnessed over the weekend. Again, uh, hi, Alabama. <laughs> But in general, NC Central got a good chance to hang around this game. They're talented enough. These are two of the better teams in the MEAC. Uh, should be a good game. Getting five and a half is a great investment opportunity. Going to go over the 139 and a half. Models is 144. We've overestimated Central totals, but underestimated Norfolk State totals. I think that balances out. You've got a NC Central team that's going to play with a little bit of pace and a Norfolk team that plays a little slower but has a really good offense and a really bad defense and that's a recipe for a lot of points doesn't really matter your pace if you're always scoring and always allowing points you're going to go a little bit lower because the pace but the the fact that your, your percentages of allowing points and scoring points goes up kind of balances it out we think this can get to at least a, an average number of points in college basketball which is 140 so you can go over and grab the road dog jake lots to cover on this one what do you got yeah like uh my, the over is my favorite play in this one like like you said, Norfolk, uh, yeah, Norfolk State, terrible defense, but they actually rank in the top 100 in effective field goal percentage, offensive rebound percentage, and two-point percentage. They're a very good free-throw shooting team that gets to the line a lot. Uh, they don't really care for the three-point arc, don't shoot it well, don't shoot a lot of them, uh, but their defense is just so bad. Then North Carolina Central is a very average defense, and if you take out the turnovers, which happens a quarter of their possessions, it's hard to say to take that out, Um uh, but on the other three quarters of their possessions, they actually have a very efficient offense. It's just they just don't like to hold on to the ball. Um, so if they can solve that a little bit, they should hang in this game because they've got their offense is good, their defense is pretty good. They're they're a good three point shooting team. If they get to take the shots, they typically go in. And their uh, Norfolk State's defense is just garbage. Uh, both teams should very easily get in the seventies. I think it's a very tight game. I think the free throws are going to be big. Uh, maybe a couple late turnovers. Gives the game to Norfolk State, but I think it's going to stay close. Five and a half is a good number, uh, and uh, over one forty or, or one thirty nine and a half. I really like. Yeah, sideline says seventy four to seventy is the average score here, and like I said, both teams get in the seventies. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the fact that NC Central turns the ball over a lot. Norfolk State, not really the defense to take advantage of that, not really yeah. the one to cause those turnovers with being a bad defense. So that actually plays into North Carolina Central's strengths, or, or sorry, makes their weakness more, you know, less of a weakness, I guess I would say. Uh, you know, I would say what makes it strength, makes it less of a weakness. Um, what I will say, I'll comment because I don't know how many more times we're going to get to talk about Norfolk State, but if they happen to win the MEAC, I would say. 
say keep an eye out for them in the tournament. If they win their opening night game and go up against a one seed that plays with any tempo, I feel like it's an automatic overplay because they don't play that fast, but going up against a team, I'm thinking of a, you know, of a Gonzaga paste, of a Kansas paste, yeah, of a TCU paste, Alabama. There's a lot of Baylor, right? There's a, and I don't know. Some of those teams won't be one seats. I get that. I'm just saying, in those top teams like that, whoever turns out, you know, if it is a team that plays with any pace, Norfolk is going to get drugged into that pace game. Going to give up a ton of points because they're no defense, but they got a good enough offense, like you said. They're going to score too. Yeah. So if they do end up making the tournament, getting in there, like I feel like that's a a little nugget to drop there that, that the over makes a lot of sense because in the me they can at least slow it down a little bit on occasion but to get to the tournament they're not going to be able to because they just want the talent uh but they will score they'll score here but again we think that central could score with them so over and grabbing the points there is the play in that one also smaller school action 7 p.m central south dakota state at umkc you're gonna grab the point and a half with south dakota state i think south dakota state wins this outright according to the model they win it 51 percent of the time so more likely to win than lose getting a point and a half i see at some shops it's a plus two you'll know how i feel about two you get that push protection on one of the more common endings uh, or taking the kind of even money plus 105 type on the money line Makes a lot of sense here. I think they're the better offense. I think they're the better defense. I think they can go on the road and win. UMKC is not a bad team, but I just think South Dakota State's a better team. So, I mean, just give me the better team, even though they're on the road. I don't want to lay points with them, but being the underdog, they're the better team. And so I'm going to roll with South Dakota State. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, like this UMKC is very they're a decent team, but they have a very weak offense for how, like where they rank. I mean, they are – Struggling to find open shots. They turn the ball over. They're near one of the worst three-point shooting teams, and they're not much better from inside the arc. They clean up their misses, so that that's good because there's a lot of them. They got a lot of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't share the ball a lot either, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they're missing so many shots. So, like, it's not that their players are selfish. I just don't think they're completing the assist. Uh, they tend to foul a lot and give up a fair amount of offensive rebounds too. Their pace, I think, is going to kind of hurt them in this one, limiting the possessions. I think it's going to keep this game tighter. Uh, San Diego State, or San Diego State, South Dakota State has a pretty efficient offense. It is a top five free throw shooting team. So if you add in the way UMKC likes to foul, uh, that should give South Dakota, South Dakota State enough time, really, and extra possessions to to score. They do a great on defensive end. They're not so much. <laughs> forcing turnovers or anything, doing well. Uh, but they do a good job of keeping uh, their opponents off the free throw line, and that's going to take one of the bigger streets from uh, Kansas City away. So I think this game stays real tight, getting a point and a half here. I think they have a good shot at winning this one too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that'll take us to our 8 p.m. slot. Baylor at Texas kind of teased us in the intro. We went over in Baylor, Arkansas, and I really like that play. Arkansas – decided maybe wisely that they were going to really try to slow that game down. They finished well under their average number of shots, I think five shots under their average, which is a pretty decent mark. Um, I, I think that is why the game went under Arkansas deciding they didn't want to get a track meet with Baylor with Baylor's offense. That kind of makes sense. Texas, on the other hand, I don't think that's the way they're going to play. They haven't done it all year for the most part. They've just decided they want to go fast They'll try to get you into that game. Um, Baylor's happy to play that game. I think both these teams are going to go up and down the court. We're going to go over 150 and a half in this one. The model says 150, but it's still been underestimated. Even, even despite Baylor going under that last game, still been underestimated on average number of points both these teams have scored. So I still think this is one of those that when you got these two 
pretty dang good offenses <laughs> and two okay defenses. Not bad, right? But not anywhere near the level of these offenses. And you've got a Baylor team that's playing fast and a Texas team that's been playing even faster uh, when they have the opportunity. They want to go even faster on this one. I just think there's going to be a points upon points upon points on this one. So I'm going to go over 150 and a half. With the rest of the side, Texas is two and a half. Maybe up to three-point favorite. The model says four. I think it's a stay away. I have no idea what to expect from this one. Both teams have been playing pretty well for the most part. But coming off of slightly disappointing weekends, Baylor, the players, you have to assume, are happy with the win. Uh, but given the way they trailed most of the game, you were a little disappointed in that in that effort, especially if you backed them. They never sniffed the cover. Uh, and, of course, Texas never sniffed anything in that Tennessee game, as, as we predicted uh, there. So a little bit of a disappointing showing for these two teams, despite has, how good the Big 12 looked. These are two of the more disappointing teams uh, in it. So I don't really know what to expect. Texas at home, you know, they've done well there. But I can easily see they've won a lot of close games. I can see them beating Baylor by one or two. Uh, Baylor's hung around, and lately, early on, Baylor lost all those close games. Lately, Baylor's been winning all the close games. If it's a close game and you're getting two and a half, three with Baylor, you're probably okay. But, I mean, <laughs> you never really know at the end of the games. And that's the, that end-of-game variance, right? It could be a close game after 39 minutes, and depending on it, that last minute can – who the heck knows, right? So I just don't think there's a great investment opportunity on the side. I think it's pretty well priced. I, I just I think the over is the way to focus on this one. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, like uh the over is the smart play. If I was going to pick a side, I'd lean Baylor and take the points because I think it's a tight game. Um, but both these teams have elite offenses. I mean, Texas just on the Tennessee team that plays probably the best defense in the in college ball right now. And it's averaging like 58, leading up 58. They put up 71. Uh, it's pretty impressive to be that far over that that number. Uh, Baylor's offense has been really taking it to the Big 12 this year. The score, I mean, scoring to, to be fair, they also they also gave up like a, about 100 points, it seemed like, to a Tennessee team that likes to score about 60 on average, right? Yeah, I, well, I didn't say Texas had a good defense. Uh, <laughs> in their offense. <laughs> But I mean, like Baylor taking it to taking it to most of the Big Twelve, scoring less than seventy twice. The pace of this game is going to be a track meet because that's how these teams want to play, and both teams tend like to put that offensive pressure on you rather than defensive pressure. Make sure you can score with them versus trying to limit you from scoring. And, and it's uh, interesting. I've watching a lot of Big Twelve. Both these offenses, they don't play at that reckless pace where they're just like it's not like that seven seconds or less offense where they're trying to get up a shot. But they they get down in a reasonable amount of time and they're got a lot of ball. they're not slow setting stuff up. I mean they're just they're going to go and if they're going to get a good shot in eight seconds, they're going to take it. If it takes twelve seconds, they're going to take it. They move. They don't just they don't dilly dally around. And that's what we mean too by when Jake and I both talk about how the pace of this game should be there. It's not so much as you're going to see constant fast breaks chaos but what you're going to see is the other team get the ball down the court look for a good shot and they're going to take good shots earlier in the shot clock so you're just not going to have a, as many of those just 25 seconds of nothing happening well uh, yeah like what was that the last big 12 Baylor game was in they just kept running the same play to Flagler in the corner over and over and nobody <laughs> could figure it out like yeah they're just they're, they're going to find the weak spot which you can't guard both these teams and yeah just absolutely pound it and make the game something because yeah. Baylor's offense is rising to the top of the NCAA, and Texas is not far behind it. I mean, no. these are two really good offenses. Yeah, defenses are just going to have a hard time in this game. Uh, they're, they're just at a disadvantage everywhere they look. Uh, both teams like to force a lot of turnovers. Uh, Texas likes to hold on to the ball a little bit better than Baylor, and that might be the difference in who wins and who loses because uh, Baylor can get a little sloppy, but I think a lot of that 
their metrics and stuff haven't come up to where they're at now because mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was at the beginning of the year. But Baylor has the better rebounding, and Tennessee took advantage of that on Texas, and I think that's going to help. Both these teams can really get hot in a hurry. They can yeah. really go on a 10, 12, 15-point run on you before you blink. Um, I think we see a couple of those where it's just lightning fast shots where it's a 20 points in a four minute spread or something like that. And this game gets up real close to the eighties, if not high upper seventies to low eighties kind of game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, you make a good point there. I talked a lot about Baylor as a Baylor alum watching this team more early on. They just really lacked an identity. They, they had games where they looked like they wanted to be a defensive team and they were trying to slow it down and they had games where they're going fast. They just didn't really know what they were doing. They found that identity now. And that identity is, for the most part, we want to we want to move. We don't want to lollygag. We're going to be great on offense, and if that makes us suffer a little bit on defense, so be it. And uh, that's kind of where Texas is kind of morphed into as well. And so that kind of sets up for a more higher scoring game, uh, we think, than the odds makers do. So over 150 and a half is the play there. The other Big 12 game at 8 p.m. Central, Iowa State at Texas Tech. It's a pick them right now. We're going to go on Iowa State. I think it's minus 105 odds. You know, Texas Tech – with a, a a good road win at LSU, I don't I don't know. Uh, I I, I kind of think that maybe says more about LSU than anything else. To be honest, I still think Tech might be one of the weaker teams in the Big Twelve. What I would have said is how much of a good home court advantage they have. But we've seen a lot of teams, every team, seemingly go into Lubbock and get get the win. And you know, I I, I think Iowa State could do it as well. Iowa State let us down this weekend. Missouri just was unconscious from three and maybe that happens to tech. You just never know, but we don't expect that sort of performance. We always talk about 30 games or so in a season, five, you're going to look great. Five, you're going to look bad. It kind of works the same way about five. Your opponent's going to look great. Five, your opponent's going to look bad too. And that's just one of those where they just ran into a Missouri team that was just on fire you could have never should have never predicted that if you predicted that Missouri would shoot that well from three, everybody looked at you crazy and said, what are you basing that off of? Like it was possible. Nobody would ever say it wasn't possible, but it wouldn't be what we expect to happen. And so uh, to me, that's kind of why Iowa state let us down. I still think they're a really good team. I still think they're undervalued. I still want to back them here. I think they like Baylor and Kansas and many other teams can go into Lubbock. I don't think they're going to blow them out in Lubbock, but I think they can go on the road and get the wins. We're going to back the Cyclones here. Total on this one's 130.5. The model would lean over and says 132. I probably would go over two if I had to, but I think just focusing on the Cyclones here is the best bet. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, Cyclones all the way. I'm not exactly sure why this isn't them minus like one or two. Um, to probably being where I would have put it, but this this game is on the turnovers, right? Texas Tech struggling to turn the struggling to not turn the ball over like twenty percent of the time, or maybe a little more. They're turning the ball over, and that's even it's not going well for them in Big Twelve play. And you've got the number one team in the nation at forcing turnovers coming to town, who does it at twenty seven and a half percent of their opponents' possessions, and even turnovers. I mean, they're fourth in still percentage, first in non still turnover percentage. It's I, I just don't see where Texas Tech's offense is going to be enough to get them a win in this game, especially since you're not adding points for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the slow pace and the free throw percentage can maybe come back to bite Iowa State, but this game really is as simple and hard at the same time, right? It's all in the turnovers because that's that's where this game is going to turn, and I just don't think Texas Tech's got 
the offense or the defense to give them enough extra possessions for the ones they give away or the offense to take advantage of their possessions they don't give it away on. It's uh, I think Iowa State wins this one by a handful of points. Yeah, and Iowa State won the first game of this series in Ames, eighty-four to fifty. And you know, you don't when you when you have the rematch, right? There's a lot of we've already talked about a handful because now we're getting to the point where we're starting to see some more rematches, right? You, you can't just say the same thing will happen, and you can't just say the flip will happen. A couple of weeks ago, we had a great example of Michigan Maryland. The flip happened on the rematch. We had one even I think the next day uh, with Villanova St. John's, and the same thing happened. And you got to look at why it happened and what's going on and dive a little bit deeper to try to get a good feel for this. And I, I think you made a good point there that, that tech struggles play right into Iowa state's strengths. Now Iowa state was really hot that day. Don't expect them to go on the road here one by 34. They can't, I guess they already did once, but that seems unlikely to happen again. But we still think that what we saw there with regards to a team being able to capitalize, you know, their strengths versus the other team's weakness is the same thing that we'll see here. And Iowa State is just built to beat a team like Tech. Again, Tech has lost in, in normal seasons. Even when Tech hasn't been good, they've been able to get home wins. They will probably get one eventually, but Iowa State doesn't seem like the team uh, that that's going to happen to unless they just go completely cold, which, again, you never know if that sort of thing happens. But if Iowa State plays a normal game, they should be able to get the win in Lubbock, again, like all the other Big 12 teams that have come in there have, including a team like West Virginia who's not – as good um we don't see any difference there so i, I think this is i think you, you make a good point right why is this not iowa state like minus two maybe even minus three i think it might be a little bit of an overreaction this last weekend right missouri looked fantastic tech is the win at lsu i just don't think i make that much of that i think we have a lot of other data that kind of trumps that last game out thing and i don't want to overreact to that uh so i'm i'm sticking i'm like you i'm sticking all the way cyclones here on this one yeah yeah, yeah I, I just i think especially coming off a loss like that. I would say it's going to be a little extra motivated because uh, they got embarrassed in a national TV spotlight mm -hmm. game. Um, and I, I, I would be itching to get back out there to prove that I'm not that team. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure they're all that way. Yeah, absolutely. One of the few Big 12 teams to lose in that yeah. in that challenge uh, and not just lose, but the way they lost. You know, they've been Texas, right? Just the way those teams lost, you know, not uh, not what you're hoping for. Yeah. Um, to the overtime slot, uh, an off-the-wall game here. <laughs> <laughs> Seven PM Central, Alabama State at Florida A and M. Uh, the SWAC has been really good to us for the most part this year. The models got a couple of A grade plays on some SWAC games, so check that out if you're not already with us on Patreon over on Blackbook. Again, the the links in the show description for that. Uh, if you want to get those model A grade plays, this is a B grade play. Alabama State minus one and a half, but uh, Jake and I think that it is still worth an investment even though it doesn't quite get to a grade status, the model wants minus one for an a grade, but you know, again, one isn't that likely. So you're not adding a lot of extra probability there. If you're going from one and a half to one, the biggest jump is at two. Four day and is really, really bad. I mean, that's the whole handicap here, right? They're, they're at home, but they are really, really bad. Alabama state's not great, but good enough to go on the road and get the victory. Alabama state has six wins in the season. Florida day only has three and that's the type of thing that, that they've played relatively comparable schedules that you look at and you say, Alabama State's just good enough to beat these teams. That's why they have six wins. If they weren't that good, they'd also have three wins, right? So they're just good enough, though, to go on the road and get this done. I wouldn't want to lay a big number, but laying one, one and a half makes a lot of sense. Um, Jake, 
can you name anything about these schools other than stats you just looked up? I'm just, can you name a mascot? Do you know either mascot? The state, like the Hornets or something like that. I think that's right. Yeah, I think Florida and I think it was a Panther. I was going to say they're the Rattlers. I don't uh, know. <laughs> no, I think you're right with the Rattlers. I think okay. you're right. Uh, All right. I that's, think that's Panthers the, like the FAU or something like that. I think that's the extent of our knowledge on these teams, yeah. other than stuff we just looked up, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Everything everything I'm about to say is what I've just looked at. There you uh, go. It's, uh, I mean, Florida AM, they've got their three wins. Two of them are against D2 schools, and one of those went to overtime. Um, so it's they're just not, not good at anything. Uh, they're slow. They have the they, next they're worst. Very possible. slow paced, yeah. Um, they don't like open shots. They turn the ball over way, way too much. Um, they shoot a three ball at just slightly below average, I guess is the best thing you can say about yeah, them. Yeah. Um, they on defensive end, nothing else is pretty. They give up way too many open shots. They don't, they let, they let you clean up your misses. So if you happen to miss that open shot, you're getting another chance. Uh, they foul a lot. Every, every, there's nothing good about this team. The fact like their one D one win is against Mississippi Valley state. That that's, at home, and it was a one-point win that tells you the level of ball they play at. Uh, Alabama State at least has some good spots. They're a very good free-throw shooting team. Um, they don't turn the ball over and crap done. They're less, less than Texas Tech, uh, and they rebound their misses. So at least they have some second-chance opportunities, extra possessions. They should win this by a handful of points. Please don't watch this game. Just bet it and then – Get that it happens, wake up the next morning, like, oh, yeah, I hit that one too. You probably can watch it. A lot of these SWAC and the MIAC games, I've been having luck with finding them on YouTube. They've been streamed there. Um, and a lot of times what happened is there, there's a camera on the scoreboard, and that's how you have to look at the scores. Um, you know, uh, you, you do what you got to do when there's when there's nothing happening, right? But you're right, this is going to be really rough basketball. But I think the, the, the key point to summarize this game and, and why we think this is a good investment opportunity here is – we, we talk about it more with football because in college football, we do bet on the bottom teams much more frequently. Um, there are good opportunities to invest on those bottom teams. And sometimes those bottom teams turn out to make bowl games, right? We, we saw that this, this most recent season, they get to six wins because they're playing a bunch of other bottom teams. And we always talk about how at the, at the top and at the bottom, especially in college football, you tend to see the outliers just really diverge and really just either fall off the cliff or really just go up the mountain. And that's the same thing that happens at the bottom in college basketball. It's not happening at the top in college basketball. I don't think, you know, there's really a lot of that truly elite going up at the top college basketball. There's a lot of good teams, but it's hard to really figure out who the great teams are. Maybe that'll separate, but this isn't one of those seasons, right? I'm thinking a few years ago, uh, the Baylor-Gonzaga year where Baylor had just the two losses that was all – kind of COVID related, I think, and or maybe just one loss. I think Gonzaga was undefeated going that game. Those two were like by far, right? The better teams. You don't have that issue, but the bottom, it, it happens every year where the bottom four, seven, whatever teams, they start really falling off there. And Florida AM is is potentially in that group of falling off. Yeah. And it's hard to know exactly how bad they are. They're just really, really bad teams. And we've seen of late a team like IUPUI, we've talked about them kind of rising up out of that and becoming a pretty comp, you know, competent team and covering a lot of these bigger numbers because they aren't in that very, very bottom falling off. And despite what you may see, if you look at Ken Palm's ratings, IUPUI is not in that bottom hopeless tier with the way they've been playing as of late. But Florida A&M very, very much could be in that tier. And Alabama State is not. And that, I think, is the key to Alabama State is good enough 
to handle one of those bottom outlier bad teams, even on the road, especially laying such a short number like this. Like you said, they should win by four, six, something like that. And Florida is bad enough that if Alabama State runs away with this and pulls away in the second half, that wouldn't be the shocking, most shocking thing either, despite yeah. Alabama State being questionably good enough to even do that. This would be the team that they would be able to do it against. Yeah, like uh, like just looking into it, the coach for Florida A&M, he's had two winning years his whole career as a D1 head coach, and those were in 2002 and 2003 with Western Michigan. Um, there, was a, there was a gap. He stopped coaching in 2007. I'm assuming he got fired from South Florida and then didn't pick up Florida A&M until 2018. But it's it's not looking great. Well. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to make the right decisions uh, in coaching here or at this level. I mean, it's got to be hard when the talent's that short at Florida A&M school. He's probably knows the game very well, but probably struggles in game. Just get well, guessing off his record, but. And, and to his credit, we always talk about if you're not a good team, you don't want to play fast because yeah. you want to minimize the possessions and create higher variance games. To his credit, he's doing that. He has a terrible offense and a terrible defense. And so you want to play slow because if you play fast and expose that, that's not good. So he's got that going for him, at least. The problem yeah. is he still has a terrible offense and a terrible defense. And so that's why we're, uh, we, well, that's why we spent way too much time talking about this game, but why we're on <laughs> Alabama State minus one and a half there in our off the wall overtime game uh jake that's all we've got for the viewer there do you have any parting words for us look i am i'm very sad that was the last big 12 sec challenge because that was a lot of fun every year even though the sec gets a little bit of the short end of the stick considering which teams we get to send uh because i mean sending out lsu was not great uh but you know whatever it'll be we'll get the acc next year all right. Well, there you go. Uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've read on this channel. is dropped right to your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.